1: This week, some new guidance was introduced. It's going to help family doctors, I think, detect and manage high-risk drinking. At least that's the plan. Um, and part of this guidance deals with the prescribing of antidepressants and how that works in and, and possibly complicates the situation with problem drinking. In some instances, it may make it worse. Um it can actually induce cravings to drink more. Um, Dr. Evan Wood is the Canada Research Chair in Addiction Medicine at the University of British Columbia, the co-author of the new guidelines that were released earlier this week. Dr. Wood, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Now, the news uh, has been focused on the antidepressant piece, and we'll get to that in a second, but there's a whole lot more to this, this new guidance. I think there's 15 different points overall, um, and it, it goes right from diagnosis to treatment, right? It's really sort of looking at the situation right from start to finish.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, there was an earlier guideline that you may be aware of that was sort of talking about the risks of, of alcohol use and health effects of alcohol use. This is really the sister guideline to that that's not getting into those sort of debates about how much is safe to drink, but really for individuals who want help, are looking for help, um, what can we do to effectively help them cut down or quit using alcohol if they become addicted to alcohol, and um, what are the things that are effective and what are the things that are ineffective.
1: How do you go about gathering that information? How, how do you you know come together? This is pretty important work and a pretty important uh, report. How, how do you go about gathering the information and coming up with the recommendations?
0: You know, this has been an area that, you know, I would argue hundreds of millions of dollars have gone into research, mostly in the United States, but there's something called the National Institute on Alcohol and Alcohol Abuse, one of the U.S. National Institutes of Health, and they spend several billion dollars a year researching treatments and prevention strategies and risk mitigation strategies for alcohol use. So it's a, it's a huge enterprise and it's a, you know, there's about 200 health consequences of excessive alcohol use you know kind of affects every organ system in our body so it's an area that's been researched a lot and there's tons of you know double-blind placebo-controlled trials looking at different interventions to help people when they're struggling with alcohol use
1: and the recommendations start with screening right like right at the beginning family docs um, and it all starts basically with just asking the question right that's where it all begins
0: yeah really just making it more of a normal type thing you know family doctors routinely measure blood pressure and, you know, they ask about various things as part of routine screening and it just hasn't been part of the culture and medicine in Canada to ask people about how much alcohol they're using and if they uh, you know need some supports to uh, or advice around uh, using alcohol in a safe way and so that's what this guideline's encouraging
1: and and then it goes right along right in terms of what happens after that I mean the first step is like yeah maybe there is a problem here and then you sort of the various different options because there's a bunch where to go next right so it sort of maps it right out as a whole treatment plan I guess
0: Yeah, that's right. If somebody says, ah, alcohol's not a problem for me, you move on and you can focus on whatever they're there for. And if someone's like, well, yeah, actually I'm drinking a bottle of wine every night and I've noticed that's crept up on me and I'm finding myself, you know, intending to not go to the liquor store after work and there I am getting another bottle. So uh, then what do you do in those circumstances? And there's a big science around how to help people withdraw off of alcohol safely because alcohol withdrawal can be a life-threatening emergency but most people won't get severe withdrawal. So the guideline looks at how to manage people based on their different risks and And then then it looks at the treatments and what works and what doesn't work.
1: The medication piece and the antidepressant piece, um, if I understand correctly, it's not necessarily, I, I mean, in some cases, these drugs may be prescribed for alcohol issues and some definitely are. But this is also a component of when people show up with depression or with high blood pressure or they can't sleep or whatever the case may be. Not asking that question, like, hey, maybe this is alcohol related, you may be medicating something that could be handled by addressing the alcohol situation, right? Is that part of what's going on here?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, for people that are struggling with alcohol, first of all, there are medications. They're cheap, they're generic, and they almost never get prescribed. You know, they're safe medications that studies have suggested somewhere between 95 and 99 percent of people who have really severe alcohol use disorder don't get these medications. So, you know, do a little rounding. Almost 100 percent of Canadians don't get the effective treatments that we should be routinely offering. That speaks to really the failure of institutions to train healthcare providers and make these effective interventions available. But in the absence of that, and because these conversations aren't often happening with family doctors, an individual may come in saying, I'm not sleeping very well, or I'm kind of feeling anxious. Well, you know, we know that alcohol makes it really hard for people to sleep, and we know that because of the effects of alcohol in the brain, people can get really anxious or depressed when they're drinking too much, and then doctors have a very, very low threshold to prescribe antidepressants. It's just a reflexive thing how quickly people can end up on antidepressants if they end up in front of their family doctor. Mm -hmm. Well, lo lo and behold, these medications have been studied, particularly the SSRI antidepressants like Prozac, and in double-blind, placebo-controlled trials, what's been shown fairly commonly is that people can have increased craving and increased use of alcohol. So it's, um, it's a, an adverse effect that can lead people, not all patients, but some patients, to drink a lot more on these medications. So you get this sort of perverse scenario where someone's going for help for something that's actually secondary to alcohol use. They see their family doctor, and because most family doctors don't know about this side effect they're getting a medication that A, is not effective. These antidepressants are proven to not work when people are drinking too much and B, some people have this adverse side effect where they'll get really extreme craving and, um, and drink a heck of a lot more than if they weren't prescribed the medication.
1: What do you recommend in that situation? Because you're right. I mean, doc- doctors, I don't know what it's like now, but for a while, those it seemed like everybody I knew was on antidepressants. SSRIs were being handed out all over the place. Is it still the case? And if somebody's on them and they also have a drinking problem, what do they need to do? Yeah, I mean,
0: that's that's where it really does need to be individualized because, um, you know, studies suggest that there is a, a serotonin transporter gene that's implicated. And if you have that gene, you may drink a lot more on an antidepressant, as if you don't, then, then you may derive some benefit from it. So it really needs to be individualized. To your comment, I have a psychiatrist friend who joked once that he thought family doctors uh, understood, you know, antidepressants to be like health food supplements, given how widely they're yeah, prescribed. Yeah. And I think there's concerns there. But for somebody who's noticed that their antidepressant is leading them to drink more, absolutely needs to go and talk to their family doctor. And you know, considerations could be given for something like tapering off of that. If somebody thinks that their antidepressant is helping them and they're not having any problems with alcohol, then you know, then there, no intervention is is an necessary. necessary, so it would really need to be individualized.
1: Uh, So what happens with these guidelines now that the report's been released, how how do they go about getting implemented? It's up to the doctor, I guess, right?
0: yeah it's up to the doctors so there's you know in in science we talk about knowledge translation and trying to get the information out there so that's you know part doing things like this and and speaking to to community um but also there'll be lots of interactions with doctors trying to make these guidelines available they've been published in our national journal the canadian medical association journal and there'll be lots of outreach and webinars and other things with family doctors helping them understand this information just in the same way if there was new guidelines for colon cancer or diabetes or anything like that
1: Dr. Wood, thank you so much for being here and walking us through it today. I really appreciate your time.